Hey everyone and welcome to Screams After Midnight. This is our horror movie podcast that we do every week, most of the year. Uh, in October, of course, in the Octoberthon, we do an episode almost or hopefully every single day. Uh, so we've been working through the Psycho franchise, which means we're getting towards the end of the month. So hopefully you've been having fun with all the extra reviews we've been putting up. Uh, I am Peter, of course, and I'm joined, as always, by my co-host, the scandalous timothy <laughs> hello how are you wonderful that was <laughs> so, 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 so <laughs> the enthusiasm that comes off this man uh at the best of times is just delightful uh, <laughs> what am i supposed to say what are you... i don't know say something with enthusiasm say say hey guys i'm happy to be here or something I don't care if it's true. Just say it. Do you, you, do you want me to act like I, I'm calling in and about to tell you about how I've uh, killed before and how I plan to kill again? Tim, I could be mistaken, yeah. but I think you might be foreshadowing the plot of the movie we're going to talk about. Uh, just a sneaking <laughs> suspicion. Something just tells me that you're you're, you're playing coy uh, with, uh, with my feelings here. Uh, right, yes. <laughs> I'd, I'd have to know what movie we're doing in order to do that well i we're, we're doing psycho 4 the beginning because uh <laughs> I, I thought that was pretty obvious given that i said we would we'd work through the psycho franchise <laughs> so you know this is the only one that's left well that's not entirely true there is technically the remake which we're not doing this october we'll maybe do that at some point down the line november <laughs> Are you are you committing? It is, us? A, thanks, it is a Thanksgiving movie. <laughs> is it? Well, he has a knife, so it's kind of like when you're carving the turkey. <laughs> He's got a knife. It's kind of Thanksgiving esque. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sure. I, I well, what? I'm sorry. What do you use when you carve your turkey? <laughs> a chip. Use <laughs> 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 knife like use a knife like every day of the year. That's not specific to Thanksgiving. <laughs> if anything, I think of Halloween yeah. because of Michael Myers and his big butcher knife. Well, maybe we'll have to put it. Uh, we'll leave it up to our patrons. Maybe, maybe we'll have a special Patreon vote uh, to decide whether it goes a Thanksgiving movie or not. Oh my god. Um... <laughs> <laughs> so yes we are going to be talking about psycho 4 we will start spoiler free as we always do we'll give you a warning in the middle before we go into spoilers psycho you know psycho is a masterpiece it's a classic psycho 2 is a surprisingly great sequel psycho 3 not as good but does have some you know interesting things in there it's not a, it's not a complete waste of time but you know there's more more sequel yeah. but that's what it is it's fun Psycho 4 is interesting because it is actually a made-for-TV movie. It was made for Showtime in 1990. And I believe in, uh, Anthony Perkins, who of course is back as Norman Bates, uh, he wanted to direct again and they said no. <laughs> they didn't want to do that. So uh, Mick Garris is actually That's the crazy. director of this. Uh, Mick Garris, who very recently we, we watched uh, nightmare cinema uh, obviously by the time you see this it'll be a bit longer but for us it's not been that long since we watched that movie yeah. and he of course was the curator of that and directed one of the segments although he directed easily the worst segment of the whole movie um yeah <laughs> so mick garris here directing psycho 4 uh we'll get into this uh, the premise of this one 
uh, which I think ignores two and three. I think this is a bit of a Halloween H2O situation where it kind of okay. ignores two and three. I think it does. It's kind of hard to tell, to be honest. Yeah. Mm, yeah, I, think I might ignore them. Uh, but it's basically Norman Bates now actually has a, is married and he calls into a radio show, which is like a, a true crime kind of thing. But this particular episode on this night, the focus is matricide. Which, of course, is uh, what he did. He killed his mother. And he calls in yeah. uh, to talk about it. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> we have a couple of actors here. CCH Pounder, who is the, 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 the host of the radio show. Um, many people might know her from The Shield. Uh, she was a big character on that show. Oh, yeah. Um, later on. Have you ever seen The Shield? You're agreeing yeah, with me. Yeah, she's great. Have you seen that? I didn't realize you'd seen The Shield. Oh, yeah, I watched The Shield. I had no idea you'd seen The Shield. <laughs> yeah, uh, this was like back in the day when I actually like had time <laughs> to watch TV shows. Um, I, I just, no, I mean, the Shield's really good. I've uh, never heard of you talking about a good TV show before. Yeah, now, this is weird. You know, <laughs> I mean, nowadays I seldom watch anything that's not <laughs> horror related. But mm-hmm. you know, back in the day, I had more time and I'd, you know watch all these kind of things yeah shield's a great great fantastic show uh it's, it's i mean i think people might write it off because they think oh it's yeah. just a cop show but no it's actually a proper serialized show and in many ways i'd say that if you like yeah. something like breaking bad watch the shield it's kind of in that same ballpark of uh serialized storytelling yeah i mean who among us doesn't love the you know crazy quirky adventures of vic Mackey and his <laughs> fellow officers in blue hey walton <laughs> goggins is in there he's really good um oh yeah good. do you know who i heard what's really funny about that is obviously people crack a lot of jokes about this shield and then agents of shield because you know it's like oh it's confusing them but clark Gregg, who plays colson was in the shield uh and was oh, really? yeah he, he was one of the people that was interrogated uh i can't remember the characters names but um, um you know the main the main detective who always did the interrogations uh he interrogates him and he was like a granny like killer and like assaulter um okay. and so uh but what's funny about that is that in the last season of agents of shield actually not last season because uh season five season six just finished season five of agents of shield uh there was an actor from uh this shield in it um uh the 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 female cop who was in uniform in the show. Again, I've forgotten all the names. Uh, but she was in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. last season and there was a scene where she interrogates Coulson and it felt like it was like almost... So now you can even joke like, you know, uh, you know, I watched The S.H.I.E.L.D. Oh, which one? The one with Clark Gregg where he's interrogated yeah. by this actress. Like, you, you could almost crack a joke about how... <laughs> does it, you could, I, don't, I don't know what I'm trying to say except that there's a funny connection between them. Anyway, um... <laughs> so yeah she's great like yeah she's great she's in here uh, CCH Pounder uh, Warren Frost from Twin Peaks is in here who is actually playing the doctor oh. from the end of the first Psycho movie who gives us all the exposition uh, of course he's much older oh, okay. uh, but he's actually the doctor on yeah. Twin Peaks uh, that's where I know him from um, and then bizarrely John Landis has like a weird small role in this yeah <laughs> He's a he's like the producer in the radio booth. Um, he doesn't have a lot of lines, but he's just kind of there like the whole time. I think he's friends with Mick Garris, so I would uh, explain it. Uh, but also maybe not like super. Well, I, I guess he was known at the time, but uh, one of the the younger versions of, of Norman uh, is it Henry Thomas that plays him? Um, yes. 
Is that the name of the actor? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, who obviously, uh, I, I think, he was a kid from E.T., right? I'm just, I'm just checking. Uh, yeah, he's E.T. Which yeah. I... Yeah, so I, I guess he would have been known for that at the time, but I mean, more relevant to us now, uh, you know, he's one of the dudes in uh, uh, The Haunting of Hill House. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, okay, yeah, I could uh, look at the photo now. You're right. I can see it. He's a. Uh... Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's the, he's the dad and the, the flashbacks yeah. of uh, Hill House, yeah. Um, if I, I'm just looking at his credits, he's actually going to be uh, Dr. Midnight on the Stargirl TV show. Oh, okay. So yeah, he's 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 still working. He's working. He's got 2020, 2019 stuff all lined up. He's he's doing alright for himself. Oh, he was yeah. also the priest in uh, Ouija: Origin of Evil, which I actually think I can picture him in that <laughs> that movie now. Uh, oh, okay. And that was actually also Mike Flanagan who directed The Hunt in the Hell House. Yeah. So, and it's not the only actor oh, from that movie yeah. who ended up in that show either. Yeah, yeah, he definitely has like his like stable of actors he likes to use. So that makes sense. Yeah, that's very interesting. I, I didn't realize yeah. that was him. Obviously, he's much younger, so it's not as obvious. But yeah, um, yeah. So there's, there's a few actors in there, but it's a made-for-TV Showtime movie, and it's Norman calling into this 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 radio show to talk about uh, his past and give some insight. And a lot of the movie is actually flashbacks to younger Norman doing his first kill. Uh, it's actually kind of a weird order because it, st- it starts after his mother's already dead. Like the first flashback is after his mother's already dead, and then it goes further back to when his mother's alive, and then it's like that for most of the movie. And then we go back to like his second kill, like quite late on. It's it's, it's weird. It's like a weird order the the, the sequence. But um, so that, that's what the movie is. It's a lot of flashbacks. So most of the killings and stuff all take place in the flashbacks, and the present day stuff is just Norman on the phone talking to the radio host, sparring a little bit at the end. Uh, so. That's that's the gist of it. I think part of the reason for that is because uh, Anthony Perkins, I think, was starting to... Uh, his health was deteriorating, uh, I think, yeah. around the time they were filming this. And I think they, they kind of wrote it to just make it easy on him. That he's just in a kitchen on a phone yeah. for like, most of the movie. Um, yeah, I, I could be wrong, but I want to say maybe he, he might have even passed away like shortly after this movie. Uh, I'll click on him and find out. Let's see what his uh, date, of, date of death is. Uh, it was two years later. He he died in 1992. Oh, okay, okay. So, okay. Uh, and he was only 60 when he when he died. So, Jeez. yeah, died yeah. pretty young, unfortunately. Um, <sighs> yeah. So, um, I mean, the movie, it's a really weird one because, like, I I don't necessarily dislike the 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 structure of the film in the sense that sure. I think for a a standalone movie, this could be a fine plot. This idea of a killer calling into the radio and talking about his crimes like i actually think that's a solid little idea and it's probably been done to be honest <laughs> and other things um but i don't think it really fits a psycho movie <laughs> uh well my big problem with it is uh i i do think it's also like an interesting idea but ultimately it ends up like being completely worthless like by the end of the movie because I, mm. I feel like there's no resolution with the radio part like because uh once you get into you know the last little bit of the movie it, it's like almost like that stuff you know didn't really matter <laughs> like I, I don't know i i think i wanted maybe more involvement from them because you know at first it seems like they're kind of the driving point 
uh you know of the narrative like there yeah it, it just kind of fades away you're right um it's uh, yeah that's kind of weird uh notably though this is the only sequel that actually uses the original music from the first movie like the main theme and oh, all yeah. that uh two and three never did which is actually kind of odd um yeah. but yeah it does um but the weird thing yeah. is is that like norman's not actually going around killing uh obviously there's a chance <laughs> that you meet at the end like that's kind of what it builds up to and i won't spoil that yet but um but you know, obviously it relies on the flashbacks for all the horror stuff. And what's so weird about this movie now is, and, and I've not watched past the first couple of episodes, but there's a, like a five-season TV show that's done this story now that really in depth. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which is, um, I, I actually really like that show. It's it's not necessarily like a good show, like it's kind of like trashy <laughs> TV, but it's like it was very entertaining to me. Uh, which I much prefer that version. Uh definitely in large part to um vera farmiga in it who is just amazing and i uh the the actress that plays norman's mom in this um she's uh she's definitely not bad but i, I didn't i did not like her take uh for norma it is very it felt like a um like almost like a she's doing like a british thespian kind of play thing like she's just you know very over dramatic and everything is like norman you know it's, it's uh-huh. just like yeah it wasn't really working for me I, i'll say i think she was bad in this i, I was i was yeah. laughing at a lot of her lines uh honestly yeah. the, the most entertaining part of this movie for me was just some of the ridiculous shit she was saying um sure. about norman's penis and other such things <laughs> yeah. um well, what's she call her drink like orange flower drink or something oh uh, it was something like that yeah <laughs> but no her, her, her yelling um uh you may have to go for a wee wee at one yeah, point yeah. Adam, uh, was like the moment i was like okay i can't take this movie seriously it's just it's just not i can't do it um yeah. and obviously there's a lot of like prodding that you know potential incest and all, all the other things that yeah comes with a story <laughs> it's a there's a big lesson in here where it's like yeah that stuff is a a lot more interesting when it's like more subtle and implied at like once you it's like you know staring you in the face it's not really uh something you want to see <laughs> i mean what what once where they're holding each other and then he gets an erection and she gets mad at him for having an erection like once that yeah. sort of thing starts <laughs> happening it's, it, it just it takes it to a whole different place um yeah. You know the the whole scene's weird, and, and part of me's like, well, the way you were wrestling with him on the floor, like, can can you really like be surprised? And I suppose in a way you can, because yeah. it's your son. But at the same time, the way you talk to him and treat him is not really like a mother. It's very different. Um, you know, there's a whole lot of murkiness going on here that's kind of hard to follow the psychology of it. Um. Ultimately, it feels very made for TV. is is kind of a big sure. thing. It feels very cheap. It feels like um, they didn't really have a good idea for for how to actually do a fourth cycle movie. And ultimately, like the backstory. I mean, maybe a TV show does it well. Maybe a TV show makes stuff out of it. But sometimes I like the backstory to just be the hinty that backstory. I, I don't need to see it sure. actually play out and like see all the details. Um, you know. So I, it's, it's, that, that's kind of frustrating to me. Um, and it also means that we have other actors playing Norman Bates for a lot of the movies. It's not, you know, Anthony Perkins who is Norman freaking Bates. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that that kind of sucks. Uh, you know, it, it's definitely the least interesting visually out of the four movies. It's definitely the the the, the worst directed of the bunch. Um, and you're the Mick Garris fan, so if you want to jump in and defend <laughs> him here at any point, you you feel free. But 
this is pretty uh, well, no. <laughs> well like i i do love mick garris uh but i like him more as a person necessarily sure. and not <laughs> as much for his movies because like you know i'm a big fan of his podcast and you know he he's definitely someone who uh you know knows a lot about horror whenever he kind of writes something about horror speaks about it uh you know he has really good love and insight uh of the genre and you know he like bolsters other people's career and stuff so i definitely like him for that aspect but uh unfortunately uh, it's not like every it's not like a lot of his uh movies are you know it's not like they're all bad like you know he has like some fun stuff here and i think his movies are always watchable like they're never stuff that i'm like oh this is you know the worst thing ever but yeah the, i i would seldom call like most of them that good um, honestly looking and, at his filmography the highlight is critters too <laughs> critters too is like definitely the best uh sleepwalkers is not a good movie but i think it's fun uh i actually do really like uh, uh the stand his version of it um mm. so yeah i mean you know uh, I, I i do like him but yeah i mean i can't really <laughs> defend a, a lot of his movies too much uh and this is equally or uh yeah definitively you know the worst of the sequels uh it's uh at least the other like two you know i think is like really interesting and then three uh not necessarily as interesting but you know it has some cool stuff for it and it's not like one that necessarily you're mad at for existing this yeah it's not really doing much it's just yeah visually it's not great some of the acting is pretty bad uh, there's some just straight up like weird choices that you're like yeah i didn't need to see that um and uh, ultimately like you said like backstories usually are just not like a very interesting part like all of the stuff that's in this movie we kind of assumed you know from the first movie <laughs> yeah it, it's just it takes a lot of the mystique out of it uh which kind of sucks um i also just one thing you know i, I what, think actually just one thing not in mick garris he's, he's directed a lot of episodes of tv shows for freeform he's done he's done like pretty little liars and shadow hunters okay. the mortal instruments and all that stuff he's done a lot of that for some reason interesting but, <laughs> fair, fair enough yeah and then uh, one thing I was thinking about is because uh, at first I was like, well, I guess this is kind of like if you have to do another psycho movie, this is really like the only other thing you can kind of do. But then I started thinking about it. I was like, well, no, um, you know, I'm assuming people listening to this have already seen Psycho 3. But if you haven't, spoiler alert, uh, at the end of Psycho 3, he goes back to jail. And, you know, I kind of would have wanted to see Norman in jail. Like, uh, I, I guess maybe uh yeah if his health was an issue and like yeah you didn't want to do it for that reason that that makes sense but uh i don't know like maybe if he was in jail and like started hearing his mother again or you know started having like weird episodes or something like that, i think that'd be more interesting than yeah kind of just going back here yeah well i think it's um partly because they the the they're they're terrified of not having the motel of not having the house because the, that's true the iconic yeah. locations of the movie um yeah but at a certain point maybe you just have to move away from it a little bit and do something else but um but obviously I mean, well, honestly it, though like this was a movie that was never made for sequels <laughs> like it, it's true. surprising that they got four <laughs> out of these i mean honestly th three, three three ends pretty definitively and could have just been yeah. the end of the franchise like four feels i mean two and three to an extent are unnecessary because psycho's just a great standalone movie you know like um but like four is like very unnecessary it just it feels like they just wanted to make one uh because yeah. you know for, for the for the money for for the, the gotta the, get the people to subscribe to showtime yes 
which is so weird because it's like a one-off thing like a movie you only get a show i mean you can yeah. show it multiple <laughs> times but you know it's not a tv show where it's like oh you're hooked for 10 weeks or however long yeah. the show's on so yeah very odd very very odd um so uh, yeah i i guess we'll give the spoiler warning because I, I don't know how much i've i've got left to say it's spoiler free um <laughs> The, you know, the movie, like, I feel like the main thing we're going to talk about before we get to the other stuff is just all the flashbacks. Uh, sure. And they're so disconnected and just kind of, like, standalone little ideas on their own. You know, there's not there's very little plot that sort of runs through them outside of just Norman keeps getting closer and closer to killing his mother. <laughs> That's yeah. the only through line. Because <laughs> hmm. he, um, you know, there's a scene where she insists that he come out of bed with her and take off his clothes and hold her because she's scared of the storm. Uh, and he gets an erection, so he like runs out and hides in his own bed, and then she gets angry at him because he's got like a, it's not even a porn magazine, it's just it's just kind of old catalog, but it's like lingerie, uh, and she gets very upset at him for it. <laughs> Tim has no thoughts. Okay, <laughs> great scene, <laughs> wonderful. <laughs> uh, so she makes him go out in the rain on his own to to throw it out in the trash. Uh, but of course, the other scene is, is that she makes him like uh, dabber with like this, like an ice cube. <laughs> well, that's not even that. It's, it's like a scented water or something like that. But he, he, she says, "Use your fingers and start at my ankles." And he's like rubbing this stuff oh. in her ankles, and she's like making like she's like, "Oh yeah," and she's like making little noises, and they end up like rolling around on the floor, tickling each other, and like they're on yeah. top of each other. And then she gets mad at him for having an erection. And that's when she puts a, a dress on him and says that he's now a girl. And that he should forget that he... His, his wee-wee is for nothing mm. but peeing. That's all it's used for. She yells at him. Yeah. Um, you, you know, she, she, she has her own issues. She's clearly psych psychotic herself. Like, that's clear the whole time. And this is, like, filmed very, like, almost like a playful romantic comedy kind of thing. Like, the way they're, like yeah kind of play fighting with each other and then stopping and looking into each other's eyes yeah like it definitely does like it, it is not like the look of you uh, normally associate with a mother and son it is more of a you know look of like two people that are about to hardcore make out it does no it has that feeling the entire time um she just keeps getting mad at him for stuff but the way she speaks to him is so suggestive the way she i don't know it, everything about it is just and it, it, it just it feels like putting a face to his mother takes a lot of the mystique out of yeah. like the potential of like what you know what, what he is and then the, the, the murder <laughs> scenes themselves outside you know obviously the mother and this new boyfriend um the, the new boyfriend is just like that's so stupid it's like what is this guy doing here yeah like he's just he's just this really like cliched awful new yeah. boyfriend who's cracking a lot of sex jokes in front of him and for some reason they're having yeah. like really loud sex even though they know he's like you know two rooms away you know like she's screaming yeah. her head off during sex and it's like well, it's just inconsiderate yeah. if nothing else <laughs> yeah and it's like one of those things that it's like such a movie thing where I don't know. I guess technically there are probably real people like this in the world, but the way he was talking to Norman, it was just like, like what kind of person would say this to another person? Mm -hmm. It's like, yeah, just like, yeah, very blatant, like, you know, sex references and, and stuff here and there. And that's stupid. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Norm is all, Oh, we're going to get married after he divorces his wife. 
and he's going to live here <laughs> yada 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 it's, it's, uh, that's basically the whole thing and you know he there's a, there's a whole scene where he's trying to teach norman how to box but, but all he really does <laughs> is he keeps hitting them and, and says why aren't you fighting back norman why aren't you fighting back <laughs> Um, it's like it's like they're prodding them. It's like it's like they're trying to you know prod them into killing them. They're, they're yeah. trying to provoke it almost. Uh, so they're shocked when he poisons them uh, with strychnine. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ! Uh, so you know, it even takes the mum down and puts her in the chair in the basement because she has to end up there. Even though we know that the, the authorities do take her body because they bury her. You know, we hear we, we heard that in the first movie. She had a funeral. Yeah. yeah. and uh, I think uh, it is like annoying. Uh, when you do prequels like this, cause like everything has to, you know, like, like all this stuff that, you know, from the first movie that you just can't, uh, take for granted, like, Oh, that's there. Like it, it always has to have like, you know, a big importance, uh, mm-hmm. in a prequel. So there's just so much stuff that, you know, it's like the movie is shouting at you like, ah, ah, see, he, he's, uh, he's wearing a dress now. Like, you know, remember when he you know, ends mm-hmm. up wearing a dress in the first one or like, ah, look up, the mother's in the chair. Remember that's what, that's the chair that she's in, in, in the, you know, in the first one, uh, the first movie. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, like every, it's like, oh, look, he, he's reading a book about, uh, taxidermy. Ah, ah, you get it. You get it. You know, it's like, all right, come on. Uh, we, we get it. Yeah. Yeah. I hate that prequel stuff too. Um, uh, and they always do it. They, they can't help themselves. Everything has to have a meaning. Everything has to like have some significance. When no, it just that's what it was. That just happened to be what it was uh, that he was doing, yeah. or what it's he like, used, or whatever. Yeah, so like prequels in general <laughs> kind of just suggest like a like a lack of trust on the audience. Like like eh, we better flesh this out before you know the the audience might not get it. <laughs> but it's just it's just like kind of the laziest thing you can do with a story. Yeah, the murder scenes, uh, you know, there's one early on, there's one near the end. I almost feel like they intentionally split them up like this, so there'll be one, like, at either end of the movie. Because mm-hmm. uh, the first one is just, like, this this girl about his age that wants to have sex with him. Um, mm-hmm. And he... And what's crazy about this movie is, like, it seems like every woman <laughs> wants Norman. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. But... I like- both victims in this movie are women who want him, and the second one, he's still the same age. He's still like a teenager, but it's this, this like thirty-five-year-old, <laughs> yeah, who really wants him. Uh, and, and it's like he's such like a, a weird, creepy, aloof guy. Like, it, it's weird to just see he he looks like so like tense and like buttoned up, and he'll just be like staring off into space, and like these women are just throwing themselves at him. Like, oh man, I gotta have this like weird psychotic man that looks like he has no idea what's going on it's it's a mysterious element Tim. it's like oh he's so enigmatic oh (laughs) i guess i bet he's a wild stallion (laughs) in the sack um so i think the the older lady like they're making out and like she has like a weird line like she says like oh your your tongue is like the memory of an elephant (laughs) or something like what (laughs) which means long i guess maybe <laughs> i don't know <laughs> oh yeah elephants have, have good memories so uh I, they say like like yeah like an elephant never forgets or whatever so i'm like oh is she like saying like your tongue doesn't didn't forget how to be in my mouth like what does that mean <laughs> i don't know so so the teenager like she like you know takes her clothes off and like he's getting close to her but he has to go off and see, see. And there's almost a little twist here because you assume his mother's alive at this point, but the, the <laughs> twist is, is this, this is actually taking place after he's already killed her. Uh, so this is kind of the first like put on the wig and dressed and kill someone scene. And 
it's just an okay kill scene. You know, he stabs her a bunch of times. It's kind of worth it for you know, at the end when she's dead. The knife is just like sticking out of her chest, and there's like a bunch of stab wounds all over her chest. Uh, so that was okay. Although it was a bit weird how when he first starts stabbing her, he kind of goes for the shoulder first, which is kind of weird. <laughs> like yeah. the shoulder, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll start there. <laughs> that'll incapacitate her. Well, he, you know, he's young, he's learning, he doesn't, he hasn't mastered the art of stabbing yet. Uh-huh, sure, sure. Uh, whereas <laughs> the second woman, you know, the older woman, the, later on, is just kind of boring. It's just kind of a typical, you know. It, it, it's weird, because, like, they're making out in, in the car, and then, uh, you know, I think he says something like, hold on, I have to check on something, and then he leaves... And then, you know, the woman's just you know, kind of doing her thing. She's, you know, checking her makeup or whatever. And then he pops up in the back of the car, which is like, there's, like, you know, car doors are loud. Like, how would he have managed to get in the back seat, you know, because fully ser- dressed? <laughs> serial killers have superpowers, Tim. Like, once they become a serial killer, they can sneak around, like, better than anyone else. They, they, get, they become uh, experts in stealth. <laughs> Is that the only way to get superpowers? Because uh, I'll do anything I gotta do. Oh no, what have I done? I've created a monster. <laughs> uh, well, I mean, obviously the funny part here is that he actually doesn't kill her properly. She keeps waking up when he thinks he's strangled her to death. And then even when he pushes the car in the water, because again, remember the visual of the car going in the water? Um, yeah. We do that again, but she starts like banging from inside the trunk and he's like, oh shit, she's still alive. But at this point, the car's going in the water, so she's going to drown. So it's it's kind of this weird, darkly comical like death um, where she keeps being alive until obviously she's not going to be anymore. But yeah. um, So that, that was kind of amusing uh, for what it was. Um and you know that's that's basically all the flashbacks. Like you know, I feel like we've went through them quite quickly, but ultimately they don't really feel like they do much of anything of no outside of the one or two scenes where the you know you know Mama Bates gets a bit more erratic and crazy. Yeah, uh, it's really just for the performance of her more than anything that you're you're kind of watching this stuff. Um, but the actual main plot of the movie is that Norman's calling into the radio show because he he thinks he has to kill again. Uh, we learned throughout the course of the film that his wife is pregnant and he thinks that he will pass on his evil killer, like, psychotic genes. And because of that, he thinks he has to kill his wife. Uh, and, you know, at first, we, we, you know, we don't know who's going to kill and then it becomes clear he's talking about his wife and um, the host is trying to talk him out of it and so on. Uh, eventually, he reveals who he really is because, you know, at first he's just like, call me Ed, but, you know, eventually he's like, yeah, I'm Norman Bates. And they've already kind of figured it out by that point because of the, the details that he's mentioned are so you know, famous, it's like, oh wait, I think this is Norman Bates. Um, yeah. So, you know, that's kind of that. And then ultimately, like, we see his wife a couple of times and she's like a therapist. This is, it's kind of like a reverse Joker Harley Quinn where the therapist <laughs> makes makes the Joker sane. In this case, she's made Norman sane and married him, which is a bit weird, but sure, whatever. Sure. Um, <laughs> I, I think it's one of the problems with this movie, actually, is you just don't, I don't think you ever quite buy that Norman did this like he became normal and had a wife and lived in a house yeah. in a normal street and all that stuff um and even if you are going to do that then okay fine but that's such a uh, an insane premise is that i wish the whole movie was about that give, give me the whole movie where he's talking to oh, his yeah. neighbors and he's he's like trying to like keep his his uh psychotic tendencies under wraps like that would be way more interesting than him being on the radio the, the phone the whole time in the radio uh, right, definitely but yeah, ultimately he lures the wife out to the the house at the motel, and he he's going to try and kill her. Uh, and what really made me laugh here is that you know he chases her around a little bit with a knife, and she's really scared. And 
she's trying to talk him out of it and he actually makes the choice not to he does you know he's, he's, he's standing next to her with the knife and he's going to do it and then he drops the knife and what really made me laugh here is that the music swells up like he just like you know like this is something that should be celebrated and then she hugs him and kisses him and i'm like he just ran around the house trying to kill you it doesn't matter that he decided not to you should still not want to be alone with him anymore you should be terrified of him for a while well you should leave him immediately uh i i i kept saying the same thing like it's supposed to be this big romantic thing like oh isn't it so great that the guy that was chasing his wife around with a knife decided not to kill her like isn't that romantic it's like uh no you should like very much uh leave this man and never let him get near you and your child ever again yeah because uh, she's like oh no but i i never raised a killer you know i, I didn't come from killers so i'll raise him right yeah. and you know it'll be fine normally um <laughs> The actual climax of the movie is that Norman tries to burn down the house, which he succeeds in doing, but he's he starts having like these weird flashback ghost moments where all the characters we've seen in the flashback start appearing to him, and he gets so distracted by this that he ends up trapped inside the house as it's burning. And I'd never seen Psycho 4 before, so I was like, oh, does he die at the end? Is this, you know, is this the ending of it? He actually yeah. does eventually get out. He gets through the cellar door in the basement. He goes outside, but a lot of this is him like falling like through the stairs and you know dodging flames, and it's like, it's like so not the ending of a psycho movie. And then I laugh because it cuts to the morning and the firemen are all leaving, all the firefighters are leaving after putting the fire out. And but for some reason, like he's like got his arm over his wife, and they're sort of limping from the building. As if, as if they've just left, as if they just got out. You know, it's almost as if this yeah. is just them walking from, the, like, escaping the building. <laughs> except it's the next morning and the firemen have already put the fire out. So why, yeah. are, why are they further up the stairs? Why are they walking from the house up that... I don't know, it was weird. Um, and then he's, the... And the ending's just basically, oh, now we can move on and live happily ever after. And there you go. Yeah. Yeah, I think he's, he's like, I'm finally free. Yeah, like, of right. course. There's one shot of the door where you just hear mother laughing and then you hear a baby crying, implying that maybe his <laughs> baby will be a killer. And then the credits roll. And that's it. That's the movie. Yeah. It's, uh, I mean, you know, granted he didn't kill anyone, but he's probably still going to go away for arson. Uh, I feel like, <laughs> you know, even if you do own the property, I feel like you can't just get away with burning something down. Um um that's, a, that's an interesting question i feel like it's it, you, you would get at least a charge because it's reckless because you're not a professional yeah. you know demolition expert essentially yeah. uh you have to do it officially and properly but um it, you, it would probably be far less severe than like try to burn someone else's house down though oh sure yeah <laughs> right and then so and like i mentioned earlier like the the radio stuff is, is like such an important part for like the first two thirds of the movie that I kept expecting like it to be something where like, you know, they were going to track Norman down or, you know, like, you know, they were going to go after uh, him because they, they knew what he was going to do. And like, you know, maybe the therapist would be like, oh, he's probably going to go back to where this began. Like, let's go to the house and try to save the wife or whatever. Like, you know, uh, some something to have them involved because they're such like big important characters and then it's weird that yeah this whole like last little act just has nothing to do with them and 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 it's uh <clears throat> i mean i don't think the idea of him burning the house down and getting rid of everything and then you know seeing like the ghosts uh of his past like it, it's a fine idea but it feels like it goes on so long and uh 
especially when like he starts burning the house on the second floor and then like the first floor is already like engulfed in flames like <laughs> you know he should just do like a, you know a little uh thing and then you know leave oh and we didn't even mention uh too uh, again the, like dumb prequel stuff where he you know when he first goes back to the house and like he lifts up the floorboard and like there's the knife like in the house like um that was just very stupid like the well, I, like well like it's weird because like there was never like one specific knife that was his knife it was just kind of yeah like whatever like is this the knife there, he was, is this the knife he killed marion with in the first movie like i don't know why, why would it be <laughs> Like they're making it like it's some like big relic, like it's Freddy's glove or something. Like you know, no, this is the knife that I need to kill people with. I've had it hidden all these years. But I was like, no, it's just, <laughs> yeah, he just used whatever knife was around. It also looks far too clean. Like he pulls out the floorboard and it's like it's going through multiple cobwebs. Yet the knife yeah. somehow looks very pristine. <laughs> yeah. Like it's not been under there for like thirty years. Um, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, it didn't make much sense. It very very odd. Um, the movie, like, to me, the movie feels really weird in the sense that the flashbacks, which are clearly meant to be the heart of the movie in the sense that that's what the main plot is, like, they feel just so tacked on and kind of like, just like, oh, what's the obvious things we can do? And they feel like they're just from something else. And then the main, like, present day plot of the movie where he's talking at the radio station, like, that might actually be good, again, if it wasn't a cycle movie, because at least it'd be like a new character and we'd be like, actually learning things about him. Because as it is yeah. in the movie, we don't really learn anything new, at least hardly anything, uh, when he's talking to them. The, the only thing, the only really. element that's new to us in the movie is the idea that he's married and uh, what his you know, present day situation is like. But there's, there's not a lot to learn. You know, it's a couple of big details and then that's kind of it. Yeah. So that's very odd. Um, uh, so because of that, like, the ending where he makes all these choices, like if the actual movie was like just set with him finding out that his his wife is pregnant and going through this thought process of like realizing that he wants to kill her like that could just be an interesting movie on its own if if it just focused on that the whole time but mm-hmm. instead it you know it revolves all this this just around this radio show it's one night and it's m- most of the movie's made up of the flashbacks so it feels like they've got about 30 minutes of a story which is then mm-hmm. padded out with another flashbacks that sounds about right. <laughs> That's the way it feels. Like, do you have the the runtime on this? Because it felt long. Uh, it's I think it's actually the shortest of the three movies. It's uh ninety six minutes. Really? It, it if you would have told me this was two hours, I would not have second guessed you because it it like I, I mean maybe because it is just stuff as kind of you know oh, not super. I, I I tell a lie. Psycho three is actually three minutes shorter, so Psycho three just beats it. But okay. Sy- Psycho two was about an hour fifteen. Psych the first Psycho I think was like two hours, if I remember right. Um, yeah. I mean, uh, it is surprising me because this felt really long. Uh, again, especially like that ending sequence just kept felt like it just kept going. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. It's like the it, it's not the hardest like movie to watch. It, it just is like it's very unnecessary. Um, it's not great. <laughs> mm. It's just it, it feels so ill advised and kind of pointless. It just um, mm. it, it it doesn't really have anything in it that feels like this was the idea you had. It it, it very much feels like one of those sequels where we just want to have a movie that's called Psycho Four. What what thing yeah. can we throw together that that justifies that title? And yeah, it's it's easily the worst one. It, it like it it feels 
I mean, I don't know if I want to say it's quite like Freddy's dead, Jason goes to hell. Like, I think it's probably not as bad as those. Um, it doesn't. Yeah. It doesn't feel like quite the slap in the face to the franchise that those movies feel like. But it does feel um, like one of those redundant sequels that just it's just there to exist. It's there to like make more money off the yeah. name. Um, and there's nothing really in it that feels like a good idea. It doesn't feel like oh, I had this great, you know, this great concept for how it because Cycle Two feels like that. Cycle Two feels like oh, I've got this great idea of how to continue that story. It could be about Norman trying to be healthy and normal, and like do we, you know are the killings him? Like has he been tempted into killing again? And we'll sort of try and because you know, Cycle Two does that thing where you're kind of rooting for him. You want him to not be the killer. You kind of like care about him. And I feel like this movie wants you to care about him, but you never do. Not in the same way you did in Cycle 2. Um, it just, no, definitely not. I just can't pull it off. It's just not possible. So, uh, it's a rough time. It's a rough time. Yeah. Um, not the worst thing I've ever seen, by any means, but... Sure. You know. So, mm-hmm. I, I, I joked, actually, when we did Cycle 3, that, you know, I went, my ratings went from 10 to 8 to 6, and theoretically, <laughs> the next one should be 4 out of 10. Uh, so now that we're going to rate the movie, I, I guess mm-hmm. I'd ask you, like, what are you rating it? I think I'm going to go uh, 3.5. Um, yeah, there's just there's not really much here. Uh, you know, the, I mean, a few interesting things. Like, yeah, like the framing device isn't bad. Um, you know, like some of the, the kills are, are fine. Yeah. Um, and you know, and uh, Anthony Perkins, like it's it's always great to see him. So you know, at least he's there, and you know, and, and then like the radio people are, are good too. So uh, there's enough there to be like, all right, fine, whatever. But yeah, there isn't much else to really, yeah, put it over <laughs> the top there. Yeah, I. Yeah, for fun enough, my my joking about giving it a four to keep the trend going, I think is kind of in the ballpark. I don't know if I necessarily want to go down to like a three or three point five like you. I think. The movie is made in a very boring, serviceable way. It's easily the worst direction of the four movies as well. Sorry, Mick Garris, but like, like there's nothing in here that was visually interesting or it felt like a suspenseful <laughs> sequence. Everything's... It, 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 True, it, yeah. it, it definitely feels like made for TV. It feels very dull in its execution. Um, you know, you, they could be making moments out of some of this and they don't. It's, it's just very... Like, just basic coverage. Um, nothing all that interesting. Uh, going on and so yeah it's not the worst thing ever though it's not like it's super hard to watch but it's just really boring um <laughs> and feels pointless so i guess i will go with a three i'm gonna give a three out of ten nice yeah it's a it, it's just a shame that like this is how it you know uh how it ends i mean like you know it obviously you know goes there's other stuff like the remake and the tv show but you know really when you're thinking of like the actual franchise this is where it ends and well this is um, this is the last with anthony perkins like everything else that comes yeah. comes after this uh is is, is a spin-off it's just like you know okay we're, we're tying it into the psycho franchise but the real psycho franchise is the is the four movies um yeah. and and debatably you may even not even count this one if you <laughs> if you really want to but... yeah and then, uh, and it just sucks because everything other than this was like a, a, you know, a surprise, like a kind of like a delightful surprise. Like the, like obviously, everyone's talked about the first one to death, so you know that that's a quality film, that's a classic and stuff. But then, yeah, you don't hear the other ones talk so well. So 
you know, when I was watching this, like, uh, you know, for the first time, uh, I forget if it was earlier this year or like late last year, but when I was watching it, it was like, oh, wow, like Psycho 2 is actually really good. Like, I, who would have thought that's that's actually pretty cool. And then Psycho 3 being like, all right, not as good as the last one, but this is still kind of fun. I'm still kind of liking this. And then you get here and it's just like, oh, OK, yeah, this is where we're we're stopping. <laughs> yeah, that, that's where the ideas run out. Um, and maybe you know Anthony Perkins had to, if he directed what he wanted to for the fourth one, mm-hmm. uh, maybe we'd have gotten something more worthwhile. But yeah, uh, it's, it's a weird one. It's, it's it's always been like Psycho's this classic, <laughs> and I feel like the sequels kind of get lost in the mm-hmm. shuffle. Where you know when you think of Friday the Thirteenth and you think of Nightmare on Elm Street and Halloween, you do mm-hmm. think of the franchise. You think of it as a whole, even though in most cases like the original mm-hmm. is the one that you, you care about. Although that's not really true, yeah. Friday the Thirteenth. But um, <laughs> but with Psycho, I really feel like, yeah, you think of Psycho, the, the Hitchcock movie, you think of the classic, and you don't necessarily think of it as a franchise in a way, because I remember back in like the DVD days where mm. I was seeing a lot of this stuff for the first time, and I was buying the box sets, and I was like, mm. okay, I want to see all these movies, so mm. I'll buy this box set. I never considered buying the Psycho box set. For some reason, I just never cared about seeing the sequels. Uh, when I was at that age, for for some reason, and it's only you know when Scream Factory put the Blu-rays for two and three that I thought, yeah, I'll give them a chance, uh, and that's why I'd seen two and three, but I'd never seen four because they didn't put it four. <laughs> uh, plus, I'd yeah. I'd heard four was the the bad one. I'd heard four was like, nah, this is the one that if you don't have to watch it, you could <laughs> you know leave it be. Yeah. All right. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I, I guess. I guess that's. Uh, Tim, Tim's done talking about it, so I guess it's time to wrap up the the episode. I don't, and it's like uh, normally when we finish a, a franchise, uh, usually like we'll do like a quick ranking of them. But I don't even know if it's necessary with this. Like no, because they're, they're literally in the I, order of <laughs> when yeah. we got made. So Psycho's the best one. Psycho two is next. Then Psycho yeah. three, and then at the bottom Psycho yeah. four. Easy peasy. Mm-hmm. Uh, it doesn't get easier than that. <laughs> yeah. Um. So yeah, uh, that's basically it. Uh, this is good. I forgot that we usually rank. It's been so long since we finished the franchise. I forgot that we uh, yeah. <laughs> we uh, we rank. Um, but yeah, I guess I guess that's it. I guess that's a cycle franchise. So uh, this this was a franchise for for this year for the October Thon. You because know, we like to do like a smaller franchise. It's three or four movies in the month in one go mm. uh, and wrap them up. So next year we'll have another one. Um, I've got one or two in mind that I'd like to do. Uh, but obviously we did one for the bonus episodes this uh, obviously i'm going to get tell you about patreon.com slash tv uh, in a minute in fact i'll do it now Mail- <laughs> patreon.com slash tv uh, you, you can support us for as little as one dollar per month and for that one dollar you get a bonus bonus episode every month but for the october thon month you've had four bonus episodes you had the entire wishmaster franchise and uh we'll probably just again something similar next year uh, we'll do like a whole trilogy or a, a, maybe a quadrilogy of movies uh, or if we can't think of a quadrilogy, we'll just do maybe a couple of double features or something like that. You know, something that's where oh, there's only it's... there's only two movies in this franchise. We'll do we'll do two yeah. sets of two or something like that. I don't know. Yeah, I, I think there's there's still a few shorter uh, ones that we can uh, we can tackle. But hey, you gotta wait, uh, you know, for next year for that. Yeah. Uh, you know, honestly, I think like trilogies. I think used to be the big thing, you know, like everyone wanted to have like the trilogy, you know, like Star Wars, Lord of the Rings, Matrix and stuff. But honestly, I think quadrilogies are where it's at. I think four is like the new perfect number. I think that's a cool number <laughs> for, you know, movies. Four. That's good. Uh-huh. Uh, 
That's <laughs> like uh, Kingdom of the Crystal Skull and uh, sure. Superman <laughs> Four, and yeah. uh, we're getting Matrix Four soon now, apparently. So we'll see how that shapes out. I'm weirdly excited for that. <laughs> I think that might be good. <laughs> Do you know what? It's been so long that it may end up being much better than two and three because two and three are not yeah. good movies. So. <laughs> Maybe maybe they'll do like the, the proper true sequel, <laughs> you know. After all this time, I don't know. Uh, but yeah, so yeah, Psycho's uh, an interesting little franchise, um, and I say a little because I, I I think that the franchise is little because the sequels are often just not even talked about. Mm-hmm. Obviously, the original is not little because it's one of the biggest movies of all time. But yeah, um, there you go. And just yeah, it just feels weird because yeah, we've been going through this and then doing Wishmaster for the. Pe- patreon and then it's like uh i don't know i just like weirdly have these movies linked in my head now <laughs> well, wishmaster and psycho <laughs> it doesn't help that we've been recording them in pairs we did psycho and wishmaster yeah. <laughs> together then we did psycho 2 and wishmaster 2 together so for some reason i oddly associate the two franchises now even though they have nothing to yeah. do with each other and have no correlation whatsoever but um no there you go uh, so as for all things to tell you about obviously make sure you check out uh the other stuff we've been doing this month uh like and subscribe uh give us a, a good rating on your apple podcast or your podcast app of choice helps more people find us if you give us a five-star review on there and um yeah especially i already mentioned patreon so uh yeah hmm. uh, so hopefully you're having a fun october we're, we're nearing the end of it now um just a few things left to do a couple more movies some uh, more countdown results episodes to round out the month so hopefully you've been uh, you've been having fun so thank you very much uh, for watching or or listening we appreciate it we always do uh keep watching scary movies guys and we will see you next time